Welcome back to the Life's Better podcast, where we say life is so much better with God, community, and purpose. I'm Jonathan Gleason, Josh Dolan here, as always. Today we're going to be talking about things you should know that maybe you don't actually know. Mm-hmm. I don't know <laughs> if, uh, I don't know, every week I feel like I learn something new, and then there's sometimes that I learn something new, and it's like, how did I not already know that? Yeah. It, maybe no, it's a life that. hack. I get that. And yeah. it's like, wait, I've been doing it like an idiot this whole time. Why mm-hmm. Why didn't I learn to do it the right way? Uh, so we're going to be talking about some of those type of things. Uh, at the end of the episode, I shouldn't say the end, the, the best part of the episode is where we're going to be looking at uh, specifically how um, maybe maybe you don't know some things about God, community, mm. and purpose that you probably should know about mm. God, community, and purpose. But we're going to have some uh, lead up with some silly stuff. <laughs> uh, some of these things you probably don't really need to know, but they're just fun to kind of know. And yeah. we're going to see. We're going to see. Maybe you'll learn something that will be like incredibly life changing, and it won't even come from like the God part. It'll be like the your the intro, and you're like, oh my goodness, this is this is going to change my life. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let, let me ask you, Josh. Um, okay. The first one that I've got here is. Did you know that mm-hmm. sleeping in a cold room can help you lose weight? You know, the only reason I know that is because I was doing research for this and I saw that one. <laughs> I did not write it down. But I, 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 I guess that makes sense, right? Like the, the whole body weight thing, like the heat you I, give off. I honestly don't know the science behind hmm. it. Uh, I just read a little bit of, art, of an article and thought that's kind of neat. Hmm. It was research done by Commonwealth University. Uh, they found that just actually a month of sleeping in a 66 degree room helps you increase uh, the ability to lose fat up to 10 percent. Yeah. So crazy. I don't really get the science behind it. Honestly, I would think a hotter room. Yeah, like would sweating cause that. Yeah. really, really badly. I, that's what I've always thought. But I guess you know your 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 body is working harder at night to keep you warm. That, Maybe that helps. That's probably what it is. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if any of you are listening, watching, uh, and you're trying to lose some weight, okay, winter's coming. Don't turn on the uh, the heater. Save some money. Save some money. Lose Air some conditioning weight. in the summertime is going to have to cost you uh, an arm and a leg, though. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, 66 degrees in the... You can just get fat over the summer and then <laughs> re-lose that weight every winter. Yeah. Yeah, because then you got the holidays, so <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know if that's going to work out. Yeah, it might balance itself out, whatever. Uh, okay, so mine is something that I learned... Um, maybe a little later than I should have, because I'd already started going to restaurants, I'd already started going on dates. But like when I went to college, this was something that somebody taught me and I was like, oh wow, this is easy. Uh, but it's how to calculate a tip pretty easily. Do you have a system that you use to I, calculate a tip? I double the tax. Okay, I, double the tax. What so, do you mean by that? So whatever the, the tax is, let's say the tax is $5.25, uh, you double it and that's about, 15 or so percent. What do you calculate? How do you calculate the tax? Because do they do they charge yeah. you tax on every single meal? You know, in California they do. I don't eat out enough to actually pay attention to that here in Kentucky. But there's always a little line item that says this is how much tax is. Mm. And if you double that, then you're looking at about, depending on the county that you're living in and the tax that they uh, impose, you're looking at about 15 percent. Huh. Tip. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. If, like, I've, maybe I've just ignored that and not seen tax on there. I don't think tax is normally written on Kentucky ones. Maybe I'm completely wrong. You can prove me wrong. Uh, but I know that uh, in order to get 20%, like, or around 20%, all you have to do is move the decimal over one and then double it. So if your meal, let's say, cost 
all you got to do is move that decimal point over one, so it's three dollars. Oh, right. And then double three, which is six. Okay. That's probably similar to the tax thing then. Yeah, it probably is because it's probably around like 10 yeah, yeah, yeah. percent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and okay. you just double that. So it just calculates that decimal movement for you. But yeah, when somebody taught me that, I didn't ever have to think about, well, how much should I leave? Like, like, what is like, and then I have to remind myself, like, what is the percentage that's like courteous versus what is expected? Right. And like, really just 20%. Easy, easy to do. Move the thing, double it. And is that what I, you aim for? You aim for about 20%? I, I do. I and, and, well. yeah. and then, honestly, it actually fluctuates a little bit because I am I like to just test my brain a little bit. Uh, every single time, I also try to round it up to the nearest dollar. Okay. And so whatever that number is, I also add in the amount of cents that would cause it to go up to the next dollar. Gotcha, gotcha. In total. I know. A little brain teaser for myself every time. Generous Josh over here uh, <laughs> giving out the 50% tips, I guess. 50%, yeah. All right, here's the next one. Um, there are more life forms on your body than people on Earth. Did you guys, did you know that? Life forms, like cells or like... So actual critters Ooh. or uh, microbes and those living things that are taking residency. You're basically a planet into uh, uh, in and of yourself. Hmm. And it can get gross. Did you know that? Hmm. First of all, before I go into the details of it. That, that sounds gross, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so uh, this is where it gets really gross. And I we watched a documentary on it. I, I'm in a, on a documentary kick, and so I make my wife watch them with me. But one was on skin. And so uh, you have little mites that actually live inside the pores of your skin. Mm -mm. And they feed on the uh, sweat and sebum and the decaying skin that you have. And it's actually it's actually gross, but it's healthy for you. I was going to say, I was like, if they're cleaning me, but yeah. it's not that bad, I guess. But... It can be a problem if they clog the pores and then obviously acne uh, happens. Is that how acne happens, little it mites? It can. It Ooh. can. Yeah, because they're they're pooping and whatnot as well. You clog things up. Anyway, yeah, um, covered in bug poop. <laughs> microscopic, microscopic, microscopic bugs. bug yeah. poop. And there's all kinds of other life forms, like I said, microbes, even in your cells. Um, this one was interesting. Ninety percent of the cells in your body are actually composed of uh, microbes, or at least have microbes as really? part of that cell. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. God's cool. He is. <laughs> there you go. That's the takeaway. God's cool. Um, all right. My number two is, um, so this one's one that I, I learned way too short or way too uh, recently. Uh, but what happens when you and a couple of other people come to a four-way stop at the exact same time? Who goes first? The person to the right. Yeah, the right away rule. Yeah, I've ne I've heard people say and remember the right away rule and never understood <laughs> what, what that, that meant, meant yeah. at all. I still don't know what it means when all four people arrive at the exact same time because everybody has a person to their right. Good call. But like, I at least know now. And honestly, if I'm in that situation, a good helpful tip to do is just slow down even faster or slower. <laughs> like keep rolling a little bit so that everybody thinks, oh, that person arrived late. Like <laughs> just, just so nobody's standing around waiting for somebody else to move and they can calculate the right away rule. But I feel like a lot of people That's don't smart. know the right away rule. That's like, smart. They just go. Like, I, I like your, hey, if you know that there's going to be a problem, the courteous thing to do would be just to slow down a little bit. Well, I'm also <laughs> looking out for myself even because I feel like I waste more time mm. sitting there being like, and then he goes, no, no, you. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just like, if I just let him be the first person there, 
then I don't have to worry about that. Josh is not only generous, he's also very courteous. That's what we're learning from this podcast. I think it's just smart selfishness. Like I'm looking out for myself somehow in there. All right, how about this one? Did you know that snow is a terrible way to stay hydrated? I did not know that. Isn't so, it just water? So picture the scene. You're out in the wilderness hiking. It snows. You get trapped out there. Most of us kind of have this idea of, well, at least I've got water because it's snow. Yeah, yeah. The problem is you're not getting a whole lot for the amount that your body is taking uh, to actually dissolve the snow. So mm. here's what they say. It requires a lot of energy for your body to convert something from a solid to a liquid. And while snow will provide a tiny amount of hydration, it will also lower your body's temperature in the process, making you more prone to hypothermia. Okay. So if you can find some way to melt the snow, as opposed to just like shoving it in your face and be like, yeah, it's going to I assume that the same problem occurs if you like hold it close to you. Yeah, that hypothermia. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's just going to get your clothes are getting wet and yeah, mm -hmm. I would imagine that's... Oh, I guess there's also no way to really drink it when it's melting in your hand and <laughs> your clothes. Like, yeah, no. I'd... You could just like slurp it out of your belly button. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> oh, God is cool. Um, <laughs> number three, uh, this one was interesting to me and I didn't know this until I looked it up. But did you know that one, and this can save you money because uh, you have a big family, one 18-inch extra-large pizza okay. has more pizza than two medium pizzas. Okay. Is The question I have is, is that the standard large, the 18? Uh, no, it's the standard extra-large. It's the standard extra-large. Which actually large. isn't true okay. because I know in town there's some extra-large pizzas that are like 20-inch, which is even oh, bigger. Okay. But like... And eight, 16 inch, I think, is the standard large. Okay. Uh, so, like, two inches more. In reality, uh, a large is, like, very, very close to two mediums, which is okay. crazy because, like, the price yeah. difference is huge. That's but if smart. you do you know how to calculate the area of a circle? You know, I would have to Google that one really fast. It's, I've learned it and I've forgotten it. it. It might come back really fast. It's pi r squared. Yeah, I mean, I knew that, but I forgot exactly what that. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do with that? Is yeah. The so, like, for a 12-inch, that's 6 squared yeah, pi, right. which is 36 okay. pi, plus 36 pi for a second medium, 72 <laughs> pi. And then for an 18-inch, that would be 81 pi for just one pizza. So, it's, like, it's, it's coming cheaper. back to me. I'm having, I'm having flashbacks of to math. my, my <laughs> hatred for math is what you're doing to me. Yeah. But all I needed to hear is saving money and all the yeah. in, in fact, you're not even calculating when you do that how much uh, of it isn't even the part you want, which is the crust. That's true. So, like, you're getting way more crust, less pizza, spending more money Don't on like two that. mediums just by an extra large. So, the big question is, does Little Caesars have an extra large? Because their um, value, that you know, hot and ready, what, five fifty? Do they even have different sizes of pizza? I think it's all just large. Is it? Well, I think it's all one size. So you're not going to get much help going to Little Caesars. Okay, well, uh, thanks, Josh, for nothing. All right. <laughs> <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about this one? This one's dumb, but I thought I'd throw it out there. Uh, did you know that you can actually mute your microwave? Mute? At which point you're probably thinking, why would I want to mute it? How do I know when my food's done? But I've talked to a lot of people who are annoyed with the beeps, the beeping of pressing in the time or, you know, someone in the house. No, I am. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, would, I would love to know how to mute my microwave. So most, most microwaves, at least modern microwaves, you have to go back pretty far not to ex have this experience. They have an ability to program that in. 
Some of them come with the, a button that actually says mute and we just get so used to not actually looking at the buttons that maybe it exists and we haven't even seen it. And huh. you just have to hold that down for about 10 seconds. However, in most uh, owner's manuals, and you're probably thinking, dude, I don't have an owner's manual. What am I going to do? Well, you have the internet and all you have to do is type in your, you know, the make and model and it, it will give you typically an option to mute your microwave. Huh? Yeah. So if you're annoyed, if you're annoyed with the beeps, there you go. Well, that's cool. Yeah. All right. So number four is mine is about Christmas uh, with Christmas coming up. Did you know that Xmas, like the, the way people write Xmas, is not actually a slight on Christianity? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, it's Latin for something to do with Christ. Is that right? You're, you're pretty close. Okay. It's apparently a Greek letter. Greek, darn it. Uh, it stands for, it, it's C-H-I, which is like the very first letter used to write out the word Christ. Yeah. And so, like, it's just an abbreviation for Christ. And Moss is actually just an abbreviation for Mass, which is, you know, right. the Catholic tradition. So, yeah, it, it's not actually trying to take Christ out of Christmas. It's just... An abbreviation like it's a shorter way of writing christmas he's still in there Whew, he still man. is he, they're not taking him out you, you know when i first read that i was like oh so maybe it's like a cross miss <laughs> no it's not that at all it's just an abbreviation for christ so that's good yeah that's good uh all right number five for my list um okay this one this one i know you know okay but here it is finishing your antibiotics is crucial now the reason i know you know this is because we had a whole conversation about a month ago uh in our staff meeting because you asked the question hey guys do you ever not complete all of your antibiotics knowing that this may flare up again mm -hmm. and you got like half a supply left to knock mm -hmm. it out do you remember this mm -hmm. and tina said stop that and do you mm -hmm. remember why she said stop that um because it lowers the like like it makes the effectiveness worse and like your chance of getting it and it being ineffective in the future is higher yeah and here's here's how it works if you stop taking antibiotics before your supply is out and that any bacteria that you're trying to kill can actually develop an immunity to the antibiotic mm. and become the super strain that is obviously much more difficult to knock out the next time around <laughs> so Take, don't do that <laughs> yeah finish the supply whatever it is uh, even if you want to save money like save that, money in, time in my mind i'm like i don't want to go to the doctor again I'll, i know i'm gonna have this again yeah but no yeah okay well i learned my lesson anyway no more super either strings. that or that was written by some doctor who really just wants your money i'm just kidding um but anyway uh my next one is about uh left and right again okay uh but this this idea that did you know that you can tell if somebody is lying, or at least there's an indicator if somebody is lying based on the direction that they are looking. You know, I've heard things like that, and I feel like sometimes, I don't know, I've used the tricks, and I feel like sometimes it's, it doesn't always work. It just work, doesn't I work. I don't know. I understand, because I catch myself like looking both ways when I'm talking to people, just because I feel like making eye contact with them is awkward. But it's typically if they're looking up, into a direction it's weirdly enough an indicator that they're using that side of the brain so if you're looking up and to the right that's like the creative part of your brain and so you are making something up whereas if you're looking up to the left it's like a recollection thing yeah so like it, it might be a tiny indicator like there's also the indication of like if they're using too much 
description or too little description. Like there's all these different things. I don't know how effective they are. I've never really been good at telling if somebody is lying, but apparently this is part of it. I absolutely have noticed that when I am trying to recall, my eyes do go up and to the left. Yeah, and yeah. the only reason I know that is because someone told me that I was doing it. They asked mm. me a question and it was a question about my house and I looked up to the left and he says, oh yeah, you're, you're picturing your house right now, aren't you? It's like, <laughs> yeah, no, I am. Yeah, this is what your brain is doing. Mm. It's like, oh. Now, don't do what some people do where you forget that it's their left and not your left. So like, you, they'll be looking up to the left and you're like, you're lying. Like, it's actually, you have to remember it's their left and their right, not your left and your right. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna keep an eye on you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Go for it. <laughs> Number six on my list: Air isn't mostly oxygen. Did you know that? It's. Oh yeah. I mean that makes sense because it's H. I don't know. That's water. Oh gosh. Uh, it's not. <laughs> it's actually mostly hydrogen. And if it was mostly oxygen, you might actually walk around feeling high most of the time. Because if you're in an environment with uh, rich oxygen, hmm. it will actually kind of give you that that feeling of being high. Hmm. I don't. You're probably too young to remember this, but do you remember oxygen bars? No. There were a thing in the late '90s, early 2000s, and it was basically this craze where they would pump in pure oxygen uh, into your nostrils, and it would give you like this high feeling. And they had different like flavors and all kinds of weird stuff. That cannot be healthy. It, you know. I, it was so silly. You walk around literally like a, a patient with oxygen in, you know, like the, the, the nose. And they were bars dedicated to this. Dedicated to it. Yeah. It was a short-lived fad. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. There you go. Did not know that. All right. Um, so my number six is, uh, did you know that you can damage blood vessels in your face if you try to hold in a sneeze? <laughs> You know, I don't know if I've heard that. That's new to me. Yeah, it's a, it, it can happen in your eyes, nose, and ears oh. uh, because you are causing your body like to stop this reaction that is really, really powerful. You can actually strain yourself so much that it hurts really important things. Like, I mean, I can only imagine like how gross it would look if you popped a blood vessel in your eye because you just held in a sneeze. Uh, but yeah, it, it's not... I've always heard my entire life don't don't hold them in because there's a reason your body is trying to get rid of something but on top of that you can also strain something which is not good now that you mention it my dad has a story of a buddy of his that actually ended up dying there was some sort of hemorrhage what? that took place because he was holding in a, a sneeze i don't know all the details wow okay something hemorrhaged and he eventually died because of it do not do not <laughs> hold in a sneeze just do it I love sneezing. I wouldn't want to hold in. It's just nice to like, yeah, you know, it does feel good. I'm a, loud, I'm a loud sneezer too. It's just, I just let it go. All right. Uh, last one before we get to the good ones. All right. Here it is. Do you know that you should throw away the cotton in your medicine bottle? I have heard that. I actually have heard that. Now why? Why do you? It's, um, it's, a. Uh, it like ruins the potency of the the pill or something like that? I've heard that. I, for the longest time, thought the cotton was in there to absorb any moisture so that you, your pills don't deteriorate because of the moisture. Mm. It's like the exact opposite. They mm. say get rid of it because that cotton ball does absorb moisture and can help those pills to deteriorate. So there you have it. Uh, get rid of that little cotton ball. In fact, I know some of them, they don't even come with cotton balls anymore. They come with a little 
like uh, absorbing, almost looking, it looks almost like a capsule thing, mm. kind of like those uh, those little packets that you find Just sometimes. Fill it up in the top. That, that, that's there you wasting go. space. That, that's the thing. <laughs> They're just trying to keep you from, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to sound anti-doctor uh, at all. Like, I appreciate you guys all the time. But, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm going to move on to my last before we get into, like, the, the godly Good ones. ones. Uh, this was actually super important, and um, it can maybe even save a life, too. Uh, but did you know what the poison control number is here in Kentucky? Ooh. I believe it is on my refrigerator okay, good. at home, good. but I do not have it memorized. Yeah, this is, it's it's 1-800-222-1222. A lot so of twos there. A okay. lot of twos. There's a one in the middle between those seven numbers. So just remember that. I think that's important, especially living in Kentucky, if you like hiking, mm -hmm. because if you run across any poisonous snake uh, and sure. you're farther enough, like obviously call 911, but while they're coming, it's important to call and find out what you should be doing because each animal is different. And I, I, I think maybe the most poisonous thing in Kentucky is the cottonmouth, yeah, like at least the most common thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Just Are they more venomous than rattlesnake? You know, I people have said that to me, okay. but I think it might just be like a hey, Josh, you need to be careful. When I was a kid, <laughs> and making them sound way more scary than they actually are. Uh, they typically avoid you, but like just. It's good to know and good to good to have on hand, just like nine one one memorize two 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 one two two two. It's okay. Yeah. Two 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 one two two two. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Hopefully you guys can remember that one too. <laughs> All right, now let's get into what what do you not know that you should probably know about God, community, and purpose? You might know these things already, but we'll go ahead and tackle them uh, all the same. Josh, did you know that God is actually pretty sarcastic and as a result kind of funny? No, he was sarcastic. Well, no, no, no. There's there's some Bible verses where he's very clearly not meaning what he's actually saying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Joanna, our children's director, as soon as we did our episode, gosh, probably about nine months ago, talking about sarcasm and whether or not it's healthy for community, um, we kind of landed on probably not the help, most helpful things. There's always that kind of that bite to sarcasm. Mm -hmm. Joanna did not like that so much, and she has giving me multiple verses in the Bible, pointing out how God is sarcastic <laughs> and it's okay to throw in sarcasm. So I'm going to read one of these to you and then I'm just going to share how this impacts my perspective of God, myself, and, and life in general. So this is in Job chapter 38, verses 19 through 21. This is God talking to Job. He says, Where does light come from and where does darkness go? Can you take each to its home? Do you know how to get them? Excuse me. Do you know how to get there? But of course you know all this, for you were born before it was all created, and you are so very experienced. Mm. Super sarcastic, and at the same time, I can't help but chuckle, mm. because Job is in a moment where he's throwing a bit of a pity party, and I think you know he could easily build a case that this is justified, but God says, hey, you know what, don't take yourself too seriously, mm -hmm. and don't take the situations that you're dealing with um, you know, don't don't allow it to be too heavy of a weight on your shoulders. Uh, I've got things under control, mm -hmm. and I, I think for me, what I take away from you know God's sarcasm, particularly here, but also the humor attached to it, because I, I can't read this without chuckling a bit, uh, is really not to take myself or life in general too seriously. Mm -hmm. I like to joke, I like to laugh, and there's times where it's appropriate to do that. And if you've ever been around serious people, sometimes it just gets too heavy and it gets 
too serious mm. and you just gotta crack a joke and sometimes it's just nice to throw out a sarcastic comment just to break the ice so that you can experience a little bit more joy knowing that god uh, does that with us and kind of puts us in our place at times I think gives me the leeway again just not to take life and, and no, yourself too seriously there's way too many times where I've thought to myself like God is hilarious and, it, and when you when you actually believe that and you see it mm -hmm. it actually makes you laugh and like you enjoy things even if they're like sometimes at your expense <laughs> like there was a time this last week while you were you were gone it was really really funny uh, but I'm a big fan. I should have their shirt. I didn't plan to talk about this at all, but I'm a big fan of the Nashville soccer team. Uh, this is their second year, and I try to catch as many games as I can on TV. There was something really important that I needed to be practicing for uh, and and working on, and a game was on, and I was just like, I kind of want to just watch this game instead. And so I pulled it up on my phone. I was like, I'll just catch a little bit of it. It was I didn't know, but it was at the very end of the game, and my team was winning against this really, really important team to be winning against. And uh, I tuned in at the very end of the game and just in time to watch the other team score. And then the game ended. And then I was like, that's funny. Like, like, God, <laughs> like God was like, mm-mm. You no, like, 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 you should have been working on yeah, this. Like, yeah, like, like, not, not only did I not watch any of the game, but I, I tuned in just to see that. And, like, if I had done what... And, like, I just... I, I walked away thinking, you know, that could be a 1,000% coincidence. But that was funny. Like, yeah, like that yeah. was funny. And, like, I, I believe God orchestrates things. And, yeah, yeah no. Anyway. That's cool. <laughs> but, anyway, uh, I'm going to talk about how uh, there's a saying about God that people believe is in the Bible. Mm. And it's actually not. And okay. it's... Uh, have you heard the phrase... God helps those who help themselves. I believe Benjamin Franklin came up with that one. I, you might be right. Okay. What was written when I was trying to do some study on this was Algernon Sidney. Okay, heard maybe. This? I've it's heard a, the name, but that doesn't actually ring a bell. It's another politician. Okay. It's a, it's a person who said this in the 1600s, which is actually okay. around the time when Benjamin Franklin was He was 17. 1700s. Yeah. Okay. Either way, um, it's not in the Bible at all. Uh, and... While when you hear that, like, I guess, like, a positive that you can hear is, oh, well, like, I need to take the first step, and then God will, God will come into a space, and which is true, because, like, in the Bible, like, Jesus is like, hey, you need to have faith, and, like, I, he asks every person who's about to heal, like, do you believe that I can do this, mm -hmm. and then they, they have to give a response of some sure. sort, uh, or an action has to be taken, like, go to the river and wash your eyes, uh, but, at the same time, I feel like we can use this to a negative, like a negative, like, oh, I don't need to help that person who's in need because I don't see the things going on behind the scene. Or even we can we can say this about ourselves in the sense that uh, soon the primary person that we go to for help is ourselves. Mm -hmm. So like God helps those who help themselves. Well, that means I have to start helping myself first which isn't true. Uh, God actually loves surrender. He loves it when we come to him first. So uh, that's just a little bit about God. Yeah. That's a, um, I think if we can learn that, it, it can it can change the way we approach sin in our lives. It can change the way we approach uh, issues because we, we can know that God doesn't expect anything out of us when we first come to him. Like mm -hmm. he actually just wants you to come to him. And like, obviously there's going to be work, but uh, he loves that surrender as well. Yeah. No, I like that reminder.
All right, when it comes to community, don't know if you know this, Josh, but people with friends live longer. Yeah, I, I almost had that as my first seven thing and I read it in your email and I was like, ah, man, that's actually a really good one. But yeah, tell me why. This is research that was actually done by Michigan State University and there's a nuance to it that grabbed my attention. And here what, uh, here's the nuance. They found that people with active social networks and close friends and they're at, you know, regularly talking with them, live longer than people who rely only on family. Because mm. when I was thinking through this, it's like, well, is, is you know, community outside of family really important? But according mm. to their research, just having that close family uh, network doesn't actually create that emotional, which ultimately leads to that physical health that you need to mm. live a little bit longer. Mm. Um, and for somebody who at times kind of questions you know, God's design when it comes to community and at times even things like, is it really necessary? Do we really have to have it? Again, this points just to the fact that no, it's actually really healthy to be in relationships that aren't just your family and nucleus, mm -hmm. um, which is, it's a good reminder for me who oftentimes just likes to be in that safe little bubble with my kids and my wife and yeah, life is so yeah. great, but it's good to have that community. So uh, really the takeaway that I want you guys to have is go to church. Get involved in a life group. That could be that community outside of your family community. It might just make you live a little bit longer. Yeah, I like that one a lot. And th this actually uh, is hopefully a little bit helpful too. And I think this is something that you already know. But did you know that only 45% of communication between two people occurs when we are using our voices and using sound? The other would be like body language and what it would be visual, visual uh, communication. Sure, sure, sure. So really, actually, this I, I I kind of believe this and kind of don't, and I I, I I don't know. I'm having a hard time grasping this, but only seven percent of communication occurs um, verbally, meaning like the the words that we understand that somebody is saying. Uh, Thirty-eight percent of them is vocal, so it's like tone, sure. the noises you make, like all of that. All of that is a important in understanding somebody and then 55% is visual and, and what that teaches me about God and and the way we're meant to, to communicate and ways we can build community better is one like man I have a hard time building community if I'm only texting and only calling people mm. uh, if if I'm only calling people I'm missing 55% of communication Interesting. if I'm only texting I'm missing 93% of wow. communication okay. um and what i'm i'm learning and i'm trying to do this more guys facetime is free like 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 i know that we can't always be in in front of each other at all times especially not right now and we're, we're told all the time hey like like you know we're busy we're busy we can't make plans i get it but facetime is free and it's on like all of our phones right. why is that not overtaken a phone call yet like why is like I get it if you're on the on the road, don't FaceTime people. <laughs> but if you're at home, like and you're about to make a call, just FaceTime a person. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like every time I FaceTime people, I come away from it a lot happier. And I feel like I actually had good communication with them. Mm -hmm. Whereas a phone call is like I got across what I needed, they got across what they needed, but it didn't build community really. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. And absolutely. then texting, like, man, there's a million reasons that you shouldn't only text people. Like mm -hmm. it can really hurt relationships if if people if you're talking about something important and they think you're being sarcastic or they think you're like like you you it's difficult to talk about those things through only text so i i my 
<laughs> this is a weird, like, godly thing to do. But, like, if you want to build community inside the church and build healthy community where people understand you and, and you're actually communicating well, FaceTime a little FaceTime. bit more. <laughs> like, I, I just think that that's important. It's free. It's on your phone. You don't have to pay for it. Like, it's, it's, it's good. All right, well, when it comes to purpose, um, I talked to some folks who are struggling with knowing their purpose mm. and finding significant things to do in their lives outside of the stories that they've already kind of written. Um, the idea of, well, you know, I've done the family thing. I've done the school thing. I'm, I'm in the career thing. And is this all there is? There must be like more purpose out there. And so if you find yourselves kind of stuck in one of those narrative voids, not really sure what it is that God's leading to you to uh, for, you know, purpose and significance, I think there's a question. And there's a question that you can ask. And if you answer it in a God-honoring way, you might be able to actually discover what that purpose is. And here's the question. It's pretty simple, but it's it's one that I don't think we oftentimes ask. If you could do anything and there were no barriers to accomplishing it, what would it be? Mm. You know, no barriers financially, no barriers when it comes to education, no barriers when it comes to distance or language. If there were no barriers and you could accomplish something, what would that be? Chances are, if you answer this in a God-honoring way, there you have that purpose that you need to start moving your life towards. Mm. Obviously, you would need to figure out, okay, ways around the barriers. Um, mm. But here's how it works even in my life. If I were to answer that question, hey, if you could do anything, I mean, it's so quick. The answer that I would give is uh, lead the entire world to Christ. Like, that's what I would want to do. Mm. There's huge barriers to that. But can I start doing that right now in our church, in mm. our community, in our greater county and state? Absolutely. And so these are the things I should be moving my life towards uh, if that's the way I answer that question. And so I'd encourage you, if you're struggling with that idea of what to do with you know, life and what's your purpose, answer that question. What would you do if there was no barriers? What would you pour your life into? That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Mine is the last one, I believe, mm -hmm. and it's on purpose as well. Um, and this one is one that I try to teach our students because I, I remember when I was their age, it kind of, I don't know, I, nobody told me this, and, but the language that Christians can use can often cause us to think this way, which is that a calling on your life, uh, and this goes right along with what you said, yeah. isn't only for pastors and missionaries. It has nothing to do with there's only a very tiny amount of Christians that God just elevates and those are the people he says go and make disciples of all nations mm -hmm. he gives that command to every one of us it is not just on jonathan it is not just on me there is not some special letter in the word that he opened up to us it has nothing to do with that now there might be a very specific calling that jonathan feels called to which is to preach in a church or there might be a specific calling that chris and alicia who are with sparrow missions through our church felt where it was, I need to go on mission every single day and, and be in Honduras. That is, those are specific, I guess, but all of us have the broad calling, so to speak, of go and make disciples, of be loving to others, of spread his word, of baptizing people, of all these things. Every single person, do not ever think that you are unqualified to do any of that. Don't ever think that that is someone else's job, which is the lazy hmm. like view that I think a lot of people can fall into because they think, oh, my goal, I guess, is to maybe invite people to church and then Josh and Jonathan preach to them. But no, you you have that calling too. 
Uh, and, and I guess my challenge is to reevaluate how you look at that. Like if you feel like your purpose in life is missing, uh, know that you have one though. Know that Jesus called every one of us to one. Uh, and you can read that and you can know that and you can start moving towards how can I make that happen in my life where God has me. Um, one of the most important things somebody ever told me because I did study to technically be a missionary was that your mission field is wherever God has you. Uh, right now, my mission field is Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, and so I feel like I am a missionary here. Uh, there are, and and my home isn't Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. It is it is heaven. One day, I am in I am a uh, a stranger, I guess, or I am a visitor in this land that God has placed me. And these are the people that I'm supposed to reach. And if you approach your job that way, if you approach your family that way, like I promise you your goals in life are going to change and they're going to reorient themselves because you have that overarching calling on your life. And I promise you, you have it. So yeah, that's good. That's, my... that's good. Well, hopefully you guys learned a few things that you needed to know that maybe you didn't know. And until next time, don't forget that life is so much better with God, community and purpose.